Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShadowLinXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. So today our motto is going to be radical honesty. Radical honesty. We're going to talk about that in this question, because in this question today, we're going to tackle victim mentality and how we can deal with someone who's basically a full-time professional victim, no matter what the circumstances, because we know that about victims. <laughs> circumstances don't actually matter. So we're going to deal with things in an honest and transparent way. And in fact, we're going to move through the rest of our entire life that way. So let's take a minute for ourselves to get loose and comfy. Ah, loosen that jaw. Yeah, rub your temples, pull on your ears, like pull your ears straight out like your Dumbo. Oh my gosh, it feels so good. Scratch your scalp, like wiggle your scalp back and forth. Wrinkle your nose, wiggle your nose like you're a little bunny. <clears throat> and get ready to receive the message. We're going to go in through the nose. And breathe out. And we're going to say our mantra, radical honesty. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Now, as always, I'm getting these questions from the Shalligator Reddit thread. It's such a happy, positive place for you guys to connect. You guys give the best advice to each other. And there's there's like 2,500 of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, over 2,500. It's a fantastic little place. So head on over there and let's get into it. Welcome back, Shalligators. Well, we've got a question that's interesting because we talk a lot about victim narrative, right? Oh, victim narrative. And most importantly, how to avoid our own victim narrative. And I think we do a really good job of that. We walk in the light of the truth. We get to the root of not just how we feel, but why we feel some type of way. We take responsibility for ourselves. And so it's great when we're doing that work and turning into the person we want to become, this non-victim, this champion, right? But what do we do? when we're kind of logistically stuck with someone who is entrenched in a victim narrative. And boy, oh boy, do they like it. Now, a victim narrative can manifest itself in a few different ways, right? I mean, it can be obvious, like, woe is me. It's like this competition of suffering. They're just nailing themselves to the cross all the time. They can be the martyr. You know, our parents can do that. Our moms can be the martyr. And like, as I get older and I see my friends who are moms, I'm like, I get it. Do you want me to get more wood for you? I get it. But it's still really annoying. You know, like just an eyedropper full of that kind of narrative is, is all that anyone can really tolerate. It can manifest as people being bullies. We talked about this with Taylor Swift, right? Like she feels like the consummate victim. And therefore, she feels entitled to do whatever she wants. And we see this with... <laughs> A lot of movements these days, people feel victimized and so they lash out and then they blame whatever transgressions befell them on why they are now the transgressor. Hurt people hurt people. And you know what? Tough shit. That's why there's a prison system. I don't just that. And I have an emotional prison system too. Maybe I'll build an actual prison system inside my house where if you're being a victim and therefore being a bully, you get locked up and you miss the dessert course. So this one comes from a shalligator. Oh, I know who this is. This is Fahad. Hi, Fahad. 
Fahad. Fahad is a fantastic shalligator. He has a YouTube channel. He actually interviewed me and it was such a fun interview. So go and check that out. His name is Fahad Alden and he's just such a little go-getter. But okay, I love it when I can put like a face to the question. It's just fantastic. Okay, so he says problematic family friend. She said, I'm sorry, he, he said, I'm currently on a family trip with a family friend who is always so negative and honestly a problematic mess. No matter what family event we do, he always seems to be complaining and choosing to focus on the negative. Not to mention, he's done all that leveling stuff to cut down everything I've worked for. If I'm being honest, though, I have not been 100% innocent because I do respond back and sometimes a bit harder. It just, I hate being around someone with victim mentalities, and it's hard for me to sympathize with them, especially when they've done a lot of fucked up things, honestly. I want peace, not victory, but it's just hard when they're always complaining. I mean, we could go to a restaurant or to the beach, and they're just never happy. <clears throat> so when I did the interview with, with Fahad, he was talking about a challenge that I did, gosh, probably a year ago, even more, about creating positive spirals. Now, we all know how to get into a negative spiral, obviously, but we don't really have this like immediate chain reaction of a positive spiral. It's I'm going to go to this party. I'm going to feel fat. I'm then I'm going to start eating because I'm anxious about feeling fat and then I'm going to feel fatter. Blah, blah, blah. That's easy. I mean, that just blooms to life. A positive spiral is I'm going to go to this party and I'm going to see the guy I like and he's going to be like, you look awesome. And be like, oh, my God, thank you. And then all my friends are going to show up and the perfect song is going to come on. And oh, my gosh, like I get just the right amount of buzz and I don't get hungover. That takes a lot more imagination. And truly, it takes practice. And one thing Fahad said is that he has cultivated that mindset. Like and he's like, it, it took me a few months, but now I am the most positive person and that's a feedback I get from people like you're so you're so positive and happy to be around he's like yeah but that goes to show it has to be purposeful if we just do the path of least resistance and some people use that phrase take the path of least resistance like no the fuck do not because that path leads to like nachos and Netflix binges and negativity and trolling it doesn't lead to anything good I say that because once we put ourselves in a positive mindset, people who aren't there become radioactive to us. We feel physically allergic to their bullshit. So one of you guys gave a really incredible response. You said, I felt the mental exhaustion through this post. Honestly, it's really, really hard to bring someone out of victimization because they rather believe their life is terrible and the consequence of someone else's actions, and they'll only see the truth when they are ready, which isn't common. So it's best to keep yourself at a distance. A reaction is not a good idea, as it will only give them more reasons to victimize themselves. You need to pay no attention to them, and eventually they'll try to find attention somewhere else. So well said. So, so well said. I have to disagree with like, oh, when they're ready, they'll come out of it. I mean, I know you're just trying to be nice and optimistic, which is what we do here, but no, I mean, my grandmother was the consummate victim until the day she died. And it's so, and that's, I think, kind of when I latched onto this victim narrative thing, like when it really, really started to bother me is after she passed away. She passed away in June 2019 and she lived a wonderful life, a successful, wealthy, self-made life. But if you asked her, life had just, I mean come against her and well I've endured a lot yeah no shit girl that's called life honey you don't say that to an 89 year old or a 94 year old 
but you can think it because it's true. I mean, she went through divorces. Uh, she went through horses, horses and divorces. <laughs> that should have been the theme of her life. <laughs> but I mean, the things that befell her were just life things. Like, yeah, there were going to be some lean times and some hard months and hard years and some highs and some lows. Like, what did you think was going to happen in this one wild and wonderful life? What did you think? Even if you look, whoever it is you idolize and compare yourself to, because we all do this in our times of woe. It's like, if only I was Adriana Lima, this wouldn't be happening, right? If I was Sean Mendez, if I, because we compare ourselves to men because we are alphas just as alpha men are. But look at any one of those people and ask yourself, realistically, do you honestly think they've had no hardships? Well, I mean, maybe, but not in this category. Uh, which category would that be? Health? Everyone's got health issues. Finances? No one is without the burden of like some sort of financial stressor, whether it's I was born poor and now I'm making money or I've been poor forever or I was born rich and I need to hold on to this and people use me because I'm rich. That's a thing. That's a real thing. My point is victims will victimize themselves no matter what. No matter what. They could have just won the lottery and been proposed to by Michael B. Jordan and suddenly shot up five inches and lost 30 pounds and somehow... Their chipped nail polish and the wheel on my luggage is wobbly. They'll find a fucking reason. So no, they don't pull out of it. And therefore, no, it's not our job to try to open up life for these people and show them, hey, you know what? Your life is really good. If it's someone you care about and you're watching them veer into this and maybe that's not their natural state, yeah. Maybe be like, you know what we're going to go do today, Brittany? We're going to a homeless shelter and we're volunteering. We're packing food at a food bank. And I want you, Brittany, I want you to tell every single mom in that shelter that you meet about this fuckboy who's not calling you, but he is watching your Instagram stories. I would love for you to lead with that and see how that makes you feel. My antidote to victim people is shame. I deploy shame like a weapon. And... I don't shoot to kill. I shoot to wound. Okay? Because think about it. What does a victim want? They want to be pitied. The concept of being pitied makes my skin crawl. And I've said this before. I would rather veer into braggy than pity. At least braggy can be sort of like fun and interesting, right? It can maybe inspire someone. No one's inspired by a victim. They're exhausted. As we heard Fahad in his... In his question, he, I, exactly, I can feel the exhaustion coming through that. Victims, they creep us out. They make us ashamed to be near them because it's like, grow the fuck up, Kristen. Like, look at your life. Look at how good you have it. It's, you're basically, when you're around a professional victim, you're around a terrorist. I have become very attuned to social terrorists in my life. I think it's the New Yorker in me. And I brought that attitude to Montana. And I, I honestly think it's kind of the reason I've made a lot of friends here is because I'm this breath of fresh air. I'm like a breath of war in a good way because people out here, everyone's so nice. And that's great because they've softened me and taken me down a few notches. But I've brought people up. I'm giving people boundaries. In my group of friends now, it was so cute. My friend Alicia, the other day we were at drinks and she's like, 
you came into our life exactly when we needed you. Like we are so thankful you're here. We love our friends, but we just needed, we needed something new and we didn't even know who it was. And then you came along and we're like, oh my God, this is who we've been waiting for. Is that not the sweetest? It's so sweet. And I was like, I needed you guys. Like, hello, I'd just be home with my dog if I didn't have my wonderful friends here. But what I give to this group is a little bit of my Genghis Khan brutality where I'm like, no, no, that's actually what that dude said. That's not acceptable. Oh, how that girl acts? No, we're, we're actually not abiding that. She's not invited. Nice people, they get into a habit of being nice. Mean people get into a habit of being mean. Victims get into a habit of being victims. So it's important that we kind of shake the dust off of each other every once in a while. I say this because there's a girl sort of, she's not in our group, she's like in the periphery, but she has like this huge issue with her little sister. I mean, the sister, the sister, the sister, this shit again. I mean, every time we are out, it is a diatribe and a monologue. It's not a conversation, which implies other people get to speak. Nope. It's a monologue about her little sister. Everything she did when they were younger, everything she's done to the parents, how she snubbed her nieces and nephews, how we can get back at her. That's the, how can, what can I do to get back at, at my little sister? I just hate Jessica. This is a social terrorist. This person is a terrorist. They hold you hostage and their weapon is your sense of politeness and propriety. That's the weapon. They don't have a gun. They don't have a knife. They don't have an Al-Qaeda camp. They simply have your own social expectations to keep you in line. And I watched my friends. I mean, it, like we had run into her at a bar. And like, you know, you run into someone. It's like, oh my gosh, hey, what's up? Do you want to drink? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like the fun little, <clears throat> not small talk, but it's not like, it's a Saturday night. Let's get into something heavy. Cue up the lights. It's a Dr. Phil special right here in bar nine. Like, no, but that's how she acts. That's how Steph acts. And I could see my friends, like their eyes kind of glaze over with like terror and misery. And they're like nodding and smiling like, mm-hmm. She, this girl, she was totally reorienting the energy of, it felt like the entire bar, right? And I just stood there watching this as a neutral person. And I'm like, I can't, I can't believe my friends are just like tolerating this. But then I'm like, well, of course they are. They're nice people. I've done it. You guys have done it. And in that moment, it's like something snapped, right? Because usually I would give exactly the advice the Shalligator gave to Fahad. Ignore it. Let them do it someplace else. For sure. For sure. And that is, that is the right advice. There's the right advice. Then there's Shallon's advice when I'm in a bit of a warlike mood. I think I've told you guys that this year, I don't always necessarily make New Year's resolutions, but I pick a word and I use that word to guide me. And one word, one year it was create, you know, um, this year, the word is honesty. I want to get honest about all my business dealings. And if I'm working efficiently, I want to get honest about really where relationships are going. And is this red flag? Ugh, you know. And also, I'm going to be honest with people in my life. And I told them this. I was like, I was very upfront. I was honest about being honest. I'm like, look, there's a new sheriff in town. I'm going to be very 
not harsh or blunt, but I am going to be honest about things. If something doesn't serve me, if something erodes me that we're doing or we're talking about, I'm going to let you know. If I think you're doing something that's really detrimental and you're talking about over and over, I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to let things slide anymore just to be polite. I would rather have my peace and my energy, and ultimately that means a better relationship with you, via honesty. So we're in this bar, and Steph is on an absolute rampage about Jessica, her little sister. And I just tapped her on the arm, and I said, hey, hey, enough, enough, no more, no more of this. And it was like I threw a bucket of ice water over her. She was like, what? I'm like, girl, I love you, but literally every time we see you, it's Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. Like, enough. No one wants to talk about it. You're living your life. You're winning. You have a fantastic husband, four beautiful kids. You got a Range Rover parked outside. You won. Enough. Let it go. And it was this silence that settled over the group because everyone was waiting for Stephanie to blow up like a bomb. Because that's what we think is going to happen when we put up boundaries with victims and social terrorists. What does a terrorist do? They detonate the bomb. If you call their bluff, okay, here we go. I don't recommend playing that game with an actual terrorist. (laughs) But a social terrorist, I was like, fucking incinerate, girl. You gonna have a fit here in a bar and embarrass yourself? Go for it. You gonna take a swing at me? Probably not, right? We're all grown women. So what truly is going to be the ultimate Worst case consequence of calling someone out like this. And I know Fahad said, he's like, you know, I haven't been innocent too. I bite back and harder. That's not what this is. This is a neutralization. This is, I'm not escalating. I'm not trying to get on your level and and like see eye to eye with you and tussle animal to animal. I am the Great Dane putting a paw on the Chihuahua's head. Hey dude, enough. I'm not ripping out your trachea. I'm not engaging with you the way you're engaging with me. It's, we're done here. No. And I realized I was speaking to her like a parent speaks to a child. Hey, no, stop that. I guess that's how I speak to my dog, not necessarily a kid. Hmm, kind of the same. Smack a rolled up newspaper on the ground in front of a toddler. They listen. But that's the thing. If you want to be a victim, you are inherently removing your position of power. You don't have power. If you want everyone to pity you, That means everyone else gets to make the decisions. You don't think that and you're manipulating people so you get to make them. But I look at a victim like a fucking child. Okay, so you can't move through this world with any sort of power and agency. Neither can a four-year-old. So here's your chicky tendies. You go sit in the corner and watch Frozen. Don't talk to me anymore. I'm I'm daddy now. So I looked at her and we we all did. I mean, I just looked at her with a very steady and unflinching face. Not mean. But just neutral, like like the way a teacher looks at you, right? Like, no, we're not going to do that, Jacob. I, no, put it down. My friends were holding their breath. And Stephanie, her eyes were darting around. Like she didn't know how to react to because no one had ever said that to her. No one had said that to her. Now I have the advantage of being a bit neutral. We're not like friends, friends. Like, and, and that's why, you know, I was able to do this. Also, I have the reputation of being like the bad bitch New Yorker in town. You know, I'm not trying to counter 35 years of being just so sweet. No, no, it does what it says on the tin, my man. 10 years in New York, it's going to make you into a different person. So I have that advantage. I'll admit that. 
But her eyes were darting around because she didn't know how to react either. And it was, it was like a game of chicken. It's like, okay, I've called your bluff. What are you going to do? Are you going to detonate or are you going to back down? Guess what she did? Backed the fuck down. She's like, no, I... I know, I know, I know that my life is good. I'm like, it's it's fantastic. Your life is better than all of ours put together. So enough. She's like, okay, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. And she was chastened and she was ashamed, but it was effective. It was effective. And the next time we saw her, she didn't bring it up. Maybe she brought it up to a different group of friends. Maybe she bitched about her sister all day in the office, but she didn't do it to me because I let her know I'm not the one. I don't want to hear about it. And to have those few moments of tension and awkwardness bought me now literally a lifetime of peace with this person. She will think again before she tries to sell crazy to me. Right? So if you're trying to deal with a victim and it's just like if ignoring them either isn't possible or it's not working, maybe you work with them. Maybe they're your sister. Maybe you're on a trip with them. Whatever it might be. You have the right to say, Stephanie, enough, enough. We don't want to hear it anymore. Whether that's about a breakup or a boss or a family member, that's the thing. Everyone thinks that their story is unique. Oh, no, no, it's, no, 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 it's complicated. No, my story is complicated. Do you guys remember when Facebook, this was like a million years ago, the relationship status, actually, they might even still have this. I'm never on Facebook because it's like uterus book and politics book. It's like for old boomers and young birthers. Don't need to be around either. The relationship status could be like single, taken, whatever. And then it's complicated. It's complicated. (laughs) There was this, she's like this British it girl, Alexa Chung. And she had a show on MTV. She had like a little talk show and I was a guest on it a few times. And she had this segment called It's Complicated, where she literally interviewed people in the audience who had that as their status on Facebook. It's complicated. And she would talk to them and she'd be like, okay, well, what's what's your scenario? And every single time she'd be like, it's actually not complicated. He doesn't like you or he's got a girlfriend. And it was just so funny because she boiled down like these convoluted scenarios and people would talk for like five straight minutes, right? About just this detail and that detail. (laughs) And, And it's like when it came down to it, no, it's not complicated. You actually aren't a victim. Everything you think you're going through that is so incredibly unique isn't unique at all. That's the downside. But isn't that the good side? That, hey, okay, you're a new mom. Okay, you're a beleaguered worker. You're an ignored daughter. Do you think you're the first one in history to experience that? Or do you think maybe there's a whole community of people out there with the exact same experiences who might be able to offer you support? But then victims don't want support. They want control. They want a monologue. They want to be terroristic. So we don't negotiate with terrorists. Like America herself, I don't. I say enough, detonate, or back down. I'm the big dog in the yard now. And I'm not saying you should move through these people with this warlike attitude. But borrow a little of that and look at your life and ask yourself, hmm, if I was like zipping myself into the Shaolin Genghis Khan cloak of of bellicoseness, where could I take a little bit of a harsher stance? And what could be the possible return on investment? And before I even look at the return on investment, 
what could be the possible worst case scenario? And listen, it might be bad. It might be your mom not speaking to you for six months. That happened to my mom with my grandmother. She put up boundaries with my with my grandmother. And I mean, one time they didn't speak for almost a year. It was fucking agony. It was awful. And <clears throat> my mom had to distance herself. You know, it's mother-daughter relationships are really, really complicated. And I just feel for my mom so much because what she dealt with was the opposite of what I dealt with with her. Like she never acted like that and she never would. And hopefully I won't if and when I'm a mom. And you know, gosh, I didn't mean this to be like the trash challenge grandmother day because she was the light of my life and my best friend. But being best friends with someone means you can kind of see things for how they are. And you love you. Of course you love them crazy, but you also want the best for them. And that means editing. You know, I'm an editor. I'm a professional editor and I love an article and I want it to be good and look great. And that means refining some things, taking things away, making some harsh choices, putting up some boundaries. So look at your life and see what can be edited. And if it can't be, exactly, distance yourself from this victim. At the very least, give non-responses. Physically get up and leave the table when they launch into this. You know, sorry, I got to go to the bathroom. I have to change my tampon again for the 10th time in 42 minutes. I have to go, I have to go brush my hair. You know, I got to get off the phone. Sorry. There's a, there's a cow. It's, it's in the yard. It's, uh, it's somewhere. I got to go. Physically shut it down. We would be surprised how many choices we have if we're willing to look at it. If we break out of this terroristic prison of manners and politeness, and we take back our time, our peace, and our energy. There is no prize that a victim is going to give you at the end of your relationship, at the end of your life, at the end of that dinner, that's like, you know what? Thank you for indulging my terroristic monologue. Thank you for giving me all this advice that (laughs) I'm not going to listen to. (laughs) Not at all. And thanks for just being a good, polite person so that I could be the opposite. If that's what you're waiting to hear, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. It is never going to happen. So take back your time, take back your energy, and get the victim out. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. <laughs>